You know, no, I got to know what to say, though, but it's uh, never a possible hate crime. You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, the, um, you know, the young men, you know, they carry their secrets and then everything is exposed and and it's all about protection. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a twist. I mean, I don't know what's going on. So this is Twisted, a Lord Lord SVU podcast. You are now listening to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast, where we recap and break down past episodes of Law and Order SVU. You can hear us out on Spotify, Anchor FM, WordPress, or in any other streaming service. And now, here's your host, Brian Rose. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is um BD Rose, and welcome to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast where I recap episodes of Law and Order SVU from episode one. So we're in the middle of breaking down season five of SVU with and dealing with these episodes. So, man, oh man, oh man, yeah, you wouldn't believe this though. I mean, let me ask you a question: Has any of y'all watched Power Rangers? You know, um. As feeding up Power Rangers, since you know about Power Rangers, though it was, um, say, um, it was it's, it's based on the Super Sentai series in Japan, and you know the Super Sentai series is still running over in Japan, and they got this new show called uh, Oshana Sentai King Older or something like that though, and it's been on it, it started airing in Japan a few weeks weeks ago, and people liked it. You know, I liked it though. You know, I'm, I'm a, I know I'm a little bit too old watching them Power Rangers and shit like that. So, but um, hopefully, you know, but they, I'm going to tell you something. They, these Super Sentai, I think they're more brutal than Power Rangers. Even though Power Rangers have this watered down violence. But I'm telling you, these Japanese, they like a little brutal or stuff like that, though. So, recently, though, I mean, I was trying to watch these episodes that I downloaded online. But I couldn't watch them... I couldn't watch these. I couldn't watch one episode online because I went to this place so called Bill Billy, something like that, and I was gonna look into episode four, and then I got this message saying, due to the rights of the copyright or copyright owner, um, this uh, episode is not avail- available in your area. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on because I was watching that new show online, and all of a sudden, you know, I can't even um, watch the show now because some copyright issues and stuff like that though now what i'm gonna do hmm hmm i don't know anyway so right now speaking about the super sentai you know, um speaking of power rangers you know come on this month though they got uh, this new power rangers movie called mighty Morphin power rangers once and always it reunites the old um, past cast members of uh, power rangers like the we got the original black ranger and the original Blue Ranger, and then we got um, the Pink Ranger from season three, and Red Ranger from season two, and etc. Stuff like that. So, anyway, the, the plot line is that um, that Rita Repulsa killed uh, the original Yellow Ranger called Trini. So, I'm gonna go check it out. And by the way, you know it's on Netflix. It's coming uh, coming soon to Netflix, right? So we're in the month of April right now. So. 
April showers bring May flowers. Oh yeah, by the way, um, there's nothing much to talk about, but let me go give you some lower order news that I haven't mentioned this last week on my podcast, but um, I wanted to, if you watch Law & Order SVU, I just wanted to give you a, a tribute to actor Lance Reddick. Reddick. And um, he passed away recently, and he appeared as the um, coroner in the early seasons of Law & Order SVU. And check this out, though. He's also was on a wire, and he was in the movie, in the John Wick movies. So, whoever you know, I mean, I don't even I don't know. I know this episode is like a tribute to the late Lance Reddick who passed away. So, um, and he's like sixty years old, man. I mean, that was a bit too young, man. So, I don't know. I haven't gotten to information, but um, that, that's a little bit of Lord Order news I want to share with you because he was part. He was part of the Lord Order universe for a little bit. You know, he played the coroner for the early seasons of SVU. So. Anyway, I just want to bring it out there. And I also want to say uh, RIP to uh, True Goy from the rap group De La Soul. He passed away recently at the age of 54. Damn. Now you got these rappers dying a bit so young, man. I mean, like I said, we, we got to take care of our body and we got to take care of ourselves, man. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to give a shout out and a tribute to um, True Goy of De La Soul. Rest in peace. Now, let's get today's episode. All right, um, right, this is Law and Order SVU Season 5, Episode 8, Abomination. And it aired on NBC on November 11th, 2003. And now, right now, to assist me with this episode, I want to introduce you the guy from Jamaica who collects pennies and stuff like that, though. And he likes like some oxtails just like me, right? I want to introduce to you Lenny Penny Marley. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I got the one, though. Yeah, so, you know, he's um he's a friend of mine. He's visiting from Jamaica and all that shit, you know what I mean? So, I mean, so he's going to stay there temporarily in the States. So he's here to assist me and all that stuff. So we're going to break down the episode, you know what I mean? You know, sometimes, you know, Penny could be a little, get a little sensitive sometimes. So bear with me, all right? You hear me? You hear me, Penny? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's do this. All right, so um, this is... um. This is a SVU season five, episode eight, Abomination. Oh yeah, wicked, wicked man, wicked man, wicked man. All right, Penny, let's not jump. Uh, Penny, let's not jump. Go on here, Penny Hardaway. All right, let's do this. He's young man. All right. Now, we're in it's the daytime. We got a school. We got a school crossing guard. Though she's um bringing a group of kids go over across the street, and she's giving and she's giving them instructions on how to cross the street or something like that, though. So she's telling the kids to hold their hands. One of them said, I don't want to hold their hands and all this stuff. So anyway, so the light turns green, and then you know, that the um, crossing guard tells the kids you just to uh, go across the street, and then next thing you know, she's talking to herself, saying I hope the car won't splat you little rug rats. <laughs> it's like it's like she hates her job and stuff like that though. Yeah, rug about rug 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 man rug nuts man. What the who the hell are rug nuts? Yeah, it's it's, it's a show on Nickelodeon. I mean, I don't remember that. I don't remember not watching that show. 
they, 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 they little tights over there, you know, the, the rug nights. So we don't in Jamaica, we don't call them rug nights, we call them runts. <laughs> I you know, runs. So, anyway, well, kids across the street, one of the kids says that, that there's a man lying on the ground and he's hurt. So, so the crossing guard tells the people, kids, tell them, kids, get, in, get inside, y'all, get inside, y'all. I don't know. I think they're probably like kindergarten kids or something like that, though. I mean, they're just going out for a walk or something like that, though. So the crossy guard steps over and she sees a body of a naked white dude over there. Oh, no, no. There's a dead man. Dead man. Okay, so um, so anyway, you know, Best and Stabler were at the scene and you know, officer tells them they found a naked white man. The officer is there talking to Best and Stabler and he goes by the name of Marv or something like that. Like like Marv Albert, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, Marv man, yeah yeah yeah, that's right, Penny. Now, now um the the officer tells uh Benson Sabler that a white male was in his twenties and he was naked and stuff like that, and they found like some blue stuff on the sheets and they found some clothes that was in his bag and all this stuff though. So, however though the, the however though I mean. So, you know, the officer thinks it was a female. He probably hooked up with a female. And check this out. This um the white male had um directions in in in, in with him. And it says um thirty third and seventh though. So is a what and then well, however he was supposed to meet so this guy was supposed to meet somebody at thirty third and seventh and somehow, you know, how did he wind up over here like a few blocks away? So and then, you know, Sabler tells the officer to learn how to be a cop and, you know, about the crime scene and everything like that, though. And um, the officer was like, maybe the guy was, like, scared, scared stiff. And Sabler was like, really? Mm. Uh, and, and then, you know, fade to black. Then we go for the opening credits. Now, I'm going to give you a little trivia, right? That I remember the where they, I remember, I remember the location where they shot that scene. Right, Penny? And Yaman. Yeah, yeah, they shot that in the right about Harlem, right north of North of 145th Street. So, I'm guessing you know that's probably right around um, St. Nicholas Ave and St. Nicholas Place. That's right north of 145th Street because I don't know, I be passing by on there while I was on the bus, you know, back in the days, right, 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 Penny. Yeah, man, I never been to Harlem, man, but I've been to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. I've been to Jamaica Queens, but I never been to Harlem, man. Oh yeah. Now anyway. And so I mean they they probably shot that in uh, right north of 145th Street and St Nicholas Ave though, so I mean I could tell by the buildings and the street and all that stuff though, and St Nicholas Ave over there that's where the A and the B and the C trains are right, man yeah 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 you got like so many trains on the dumbest thing you know what I'm saying yeah yeah Penny yeah Penny right there, so we'll go through the opening credits right so. We at the squad room right now, and Benson Sabler and detectives, the much and are there. They think it is it's like a female perp, but here comes a crime scene girl named Cyper, that's Karen Brownie. She comes up with some evidence and shows you that um, according to like the bed sheets and some sports gear and all the stuff, she she tells them that um, that that the victim the, the victim has slept with another man. Oh my goodness, so the guy was gay. Body boy, body boy. Hey, yo, 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 yo. Okay, okay, now, Penny, Penny, now let's not get emotional, you know what I'm saying? Yaman. Yeah, 
Yo, I know, I know. I mean, I don't like it though either. Babylon, burn Babylon, burn Babylon, burn Babylon. All right, Penny. All right, Penny. I know, I know. I get it right now. I don't want the FCC to shut me down. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all, man. Nigga, putty boy. Putty boy. That's what we call it in That's what they call it in Jamaica. We call him a putty boy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Let's get, let's get back to the subject, all right? So, Anyway, so though it turns out that you know the guy probably um was at a bar the night before is Zeph though. So they're gonna go figure that out though. So we're at this bar right now and um Benson Stable is talking to this bartender and they showed him the picture of the victim and he says that he never seen the guy. But he he could tell that he could point him to his own bouncer. So they showed him they showed the guy's picture to this bouncer and the bouncer recognizes the Guy, the guy, the that the victim, the guy in the picture, and he sees he tells the detectives that he's seen him on a billboard and something like that though, so, a billboard, billboard poster, so we outside and we're at this um building under construction somewhere and then Bessie Stabler though they go to these um post there's posters, you know sometimes you know they have a sign saying post no bills something like that though, so they have like a bunch of uh, posters. Put up on the right by the construction thing though, and Benson and Stabler discover the victim in the picture, and he was there with another woman. So the bouncer mentioned he said the voucher mentioned that he's like some kind of model or something like that though. But it turns out though that that um, he was in the picture with another woman, and they had the thing called they he the victim was featured in a poster and it's called Regenesis. They didn't know what the hell Regenesis is though. So we're at the we're at the squadron back of the squadron right now, and Dr. Wong tells him that the Regenesis is a Christian ministry offering freedom from homosexuality. Oh yeah, so they it was created by a couple who are ex gays themselves. So, so we're going to find this. So Craig wants to find out about the, the, what the what this victim was has any connections to these people stuff like that though, because since then he was like the. Well, he was a poster boy from this uh, organization and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. By the way, I also want to mention that um, the Regestus started back in the 1980s as a ex-gay movement. So they're trying to, like, move up and move up and shit like that, though. Okay, so we're at the, we're at the headquarters of um, the Regestus, and it's located on 199th Avenue. And they talk to a couple, and one of the girls' his name is Karen, right? And she identifies the guy in the poster as James Reed. And somehow, though, they had like they both, um, both couple, they had falling out with him months ago because over his sexuality, because um, they thought that they could cure, uh, cure James's homosexuality because they know that he was uh, a sodomite back in the day, you know what I'm saying? And they were just trying to like um. They, you know, trying to, try to, you know, they're trying to, you know, you know, just to repent for his sins and all that stuff and follow the most high's law, stuff like that, though. Right? Yaman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, you know, yes, repent, repent, repent. Yeah, you right about that, um, Penny. That's okay. So, um, however, the couple says that they deny killing him, stuff like that, though. I mean, they... They tried to reach out to him months ago, months and reach out to him, but it never happens or something like that though. But they had nothing to do with his murder because they found that he was died, something like that though. So we're at the later on we're at the apartment of James 
at James's apartment, and Benson Stabler's there. They're searching James's house, and Stabler finds some hate mail, stuff like that. And check this out, though. Benson finds a cell phone, and they had like call recent calls going to a guy named Phil Sona. So we have this hospital right now, and Benson Stabler t- is talking to Phil Sona, which happens to be James' ex boyfriend. And you know, next thing you know, um, Stabler calls um, the Phil Doctor Phil, <laughs> and then yeah, and then you make calls Doctor Phil. So, you know, back in 2003, you know, Dr. Phil came on at that time, you know what I mean? And I know Dr. Phil's been on, like, for, like, 20-something years right now. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's making, like, an in-joke. Maybe the, the it was probably Sabler made an in-joke on the TV show Dr. Phil or stuff like that, though. So, however, though, they talked to um, uh, Dr. Phil and Phil uh, Stone, and then they said that um, they... He had a relationship with James months ago, and then turns out that they, that just didn't work out for both of them. And Doctor Phil also tells him that James make art, made articles bashing Regenesis and stuff like that, though. And he also tells him that he's going to be making the funeral arrangements for James since then that they've um and they they, they know since they're, they're no longer dating and stuff like that, though. So. So he he you know, Dr. Phil told James about the articles, tell him that you're killing yourself and all that stuff though. So however it is though. So So next thing he knows that uh, he the next thing he knows is that um he can pay for your fuel rations and all that stuff though. So however though, it means just that um James James was trying to make some enemies and stuff like that. So the you know, best in the statement knows is that um, you know the people hate people are gonna be at that funeral at that uh, at, at his funeral. So we cut to the next day and um, Benson Stabler arrive at the funeral and they got like a group of, a group of protesters outside and shit like that though. And Munch and Finn in there telling him that there's some um, there's this some um, group from Nebraska or something like that. They call it um. It's like a movement. They say they like they against homosexuality and stuff like that. And the one who was heading their protest is a guy named Doctor Reverend Shaw, and he's some old skinny white dude and stuff like that though. And then next thing you know, is Doctor Phil comes out, and next thing you know is that Doctor Phil and um, and um, and um, that Re- and the Reverend though they go at it, and the Reverend was going after Phil saying. Homosexuality is a sin. What's that, mate? Oh, all faggots got their hands out like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Batty boy, Batty boy, Batty boy, Batty boy. All right, 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 Patty. Next thing you know, and next thing you know is that they go, they go at each other, and next thing you know is that um, the Reverend shoves Doctor Phil, and then the Texas break it up, and Benson Stab- and Ben Stabler arrests Doctor Re- the Reverend for trespassing, criminal trespassing, and all the other things. And then, you know, the protesters though they going like, "Yo, man!" Uh, they going going out like, "Oh, blah, 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 blah. So we're at Act Two right now, and and uh, the Reverend is brought in in the interrogation room by Benson Stabler, and he's a you know, and then. And then Benson tells him you should be going to media stuff like that though. And however though, he goes on this um, um a scripture saying, and Doctor Reverend goes through the scripture saying that if a man lies with another man, another man as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. 
they shall surely be put to death. Their blood should be upon them. In the book of Leviticus. I know that chapter, so I know it's, a, it's Leviticus 20, but he didn't mention the chapter or the verse. So I don't know what it is, though. And Stabler goes back at him saying, the Bible says I can sell my daughters to the slavery, but I mean, I don't, and then he says something stupid about saying that I don't want to give him dinner or something like that, though. And next thing you know that um, the reverend goes off saying that he's telling the truth and then he's, um, Oh, 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 and then he's telling, and he also tells him that it was God's judgment on James Reed for being a sodomite, something like that, though. And Stabler pushes the table and gets in his face and tells him, You know what I see? I like a shriveled old man, and then who's scared and all that stuff, though. So, however, though, I mean, Stabler thinks that he's the one, he's the one that killed James Reed, and even though. The reverend insisted he's telling the truth, saying and that was God that was that was God's that was God that was God's judgment on um on on James. And then he he, he tells Stabler and he knows it Benson Stabler knows that he's just trying to get attention and cause a little trouble, whatever, stuff like that. But however, though, the reverend says that he was at he was in um he was he was out of town at the time of um oh at the time of James's death, though. You know, you know, he was in the Nebraska. He was at his hometown in Nebraska, so they were him out as a suspect and stuff like that. Though, now, so however, though, later on, we're at the squad room right now. Novak decides to cut Shaw loose and stuff like that. Though, it's, and then, however, though, they want to try. They're trying to figure it out uh, who killed James and stuff like that. Though, I mean, since the reference doesn't even know it though, so somehow it's just that. Um, Somehow, you know, they trying to try to talk to the little people. So much comes comes in with the uh, some little camera or something like that. And he said he snatched a camera from one of the demonstrators and stuff like that, though. And you know, it wasn't that cool, say, but like that, though. So Craig was like, though, we gotta talk to some people, whoever who was at that funeral and stuff like that, though. So we're at Hudson University, and uh, Munch and Finn is talking to um Doctor Wallman. And he mentioned something about reparative therapy. They think it's a bunch of BS, though. And um, they, he also tells them that the homo, the, the sodomites are really depressed and all that stuff has these problems, stuff like that. And Vati boy, Vati boy. Ah, okay, Penny, part of the way, chill out, though. We already know what it is, though. So, however, though, they were talking about James and stuff like that, though. So he mentions about the three professors who had... And he, he also mentioned about a professor with some problems, stuff like that, though. And um, then Dr. Waldman tells them that they could talk to um, Roger Tate and all that stuff. So we're at the offices of Roger Tate's office, and we have a special guest star. So who's the actor that's playing Roger Tate? I personally have nothing against homosexuals, but Mr. Reed believed homosexuality was a naturally occurring variant like left-handedness. I believe it's a complex pathology, and you can cure it. No, but by understanding the root of their neurosis, they can begin to control their neurotic tendencies. When homosexuals know the causes of their condition, they're more able to change their behavior if they choose to do so. Yeah, man, that happens to be the late, great George Seagal. And you remember him, he played like maybe several seasons of the sitcom called The Goldbergs. And um, 
he was also in the movie Look Who's Talking and Having Fun with Dick and Jane and and I mean he been in a lot of stuff though. And what happened? He passed away a couple of years ago because um he was having some health issues, and then next thing you know, the surgery didn't go well, and then ah, uh, it just happened, man. And he played um, the grandfather of the Goldbergs until the time of his, until the day of his death. I mean, that was like two years ago. I mean, the Goldbergs. Oh, I seen the sitcom a couple of times though, and uh, it's you know set in the eighties and stuff like that though, and then. There has been some behind-the-scenes drama, I mean, with George Segal's death and um, that guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He did, I think it was, um, he got into some some trouble over some sexual stuff, sexual harassment, something like that, though. I mean, I forgot the guy's name, but it'll come back to me, though. But he's the co-star of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I'm not talking about um, uh, Larry David. And something like that. So okay, so um, he played the bitch. It's this big dude who's on Curb Your Enthusiasm, and um, it'll come back to me though. I don't want to get into it though. So anyway, uh, George Segal, he plays like this um uh, psychiatrist, is a professor. He he goes into a psychological something like that though about homosexuality, saying he has nothing against homosexuals, but he's thinking that thing can be cured, and then he had a debate with James and all that stuff before he dies and all that stuff though. So it's like um. They like a the big they back and forth kind of thing though, but it, well you know sometimes you know that um, he uh, that you know you or you or, to make my long story short though, Doctor Mister Tate Mister Tate is probably some kind of a homophobe, Bati boy, <laughs> I'm like, yo I'm like, <laughs> Letty all right Penny, uh, Penny Hardaway you try to, I don't know I mean. I mean, listen, 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 man. I agree with the father. I mean, he just um, he's just a normal guy with normal values. I get that though. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's all it is though. But I just want to say, make a long story short, that that um, he doesn't like sodomites. In other words, though. So after a bunch of Finn had fish have a talk with him though, they go, they got, they're out of the office, so they go back to the secretary, and then there's this young man that brushes past much. And he almost shoved them and stuff like that. He, I mean, he didn't even say excuse me. I mean, he just brushed past much and just quickly went inside the offices and all that stuff, though, to talk to Dr. The Dr. Tate. And um, Munch goes over to his secretary and asks him, is this Elliot Stabler? Stabler. Let me tell you something. The dude doesn't even look like Stabler. That's long. That's not Stabler. I mean, Stabler doesn't have a like, full head of hair. I got it exactly. I mean, guy, this dude, he looked like... um. David Moscow from the movie Big. I don't know what it is. Anyway, so anyway, though, that, that um, Munch tells Finn that he's seen this guy in the picture. So we're back at the squad room, and, you know, the person is identified as Roger's son, Ian Tate, and he's 20 years old, and he attended the University of State, at, um, of State, but then dropped out after the first semester, and right now he's attending community college. So... And check this out, and they also mentioned that, that, that James' mother that, that died when he was twelve and stuff like that, and then dad pays for his uh, house. I mean, he, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Ian's apartment is rented. And check this out, though, Ian's apartment is right like a block away from where um, Ian, James's body is. So, so, and so right now it turns out that um, Ian, Ian is is gay. 
Bati boy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I'm going to say side of myself like that. So, and um, I am I probably know James the day be having phone calls or something like that, though. And I, he, I, I know James and I, I, I is also gay. So they need to talk to um, Ian and find out about um, what happened to James and stuff like that, though. So we're outside James's apartment, and James comes downstairs, coming out of the building. Business is able to talk to him, and then they want to talk to him about James. And Ian was like, I never know about him. So Sable tells him that, you know, you be having calls, and um, he's dead. And next thing you know is that um, Ian goes off calling James the faggot. He's trying he's trying to hit on him and stuff like that, though. But the boy, oh, did I say the F word? F word? Oh, it's like, I mean... He and James, James calling the F word, Bati boy, faggot, something like that, though. And um, and James was hitting on him. And then and the next thing you know, he blames his homophobic father. But he denies killing James and stuff like that, though, because he knows that his father's a homophobe and he probably knows he's gay. And I probably protected him or something like shit like that, though. But Ian denies killing James and then he just walks away. However, though, the best of Sabler have this idea that they could go to the laundry room and find out that blue lot, not the blue thing, but it's actually called nylon and stuff like that because they found that in um, on the person's bed sheets and the pillows and stuff like that, though. So, and it's probably some laundry and stuff like that. So, we go into the laundromat and um, Sabler, they're looking for some pieces of evidence. Sabler takes out this little um, thing that catches the dust and stuff like that. And it's hot, and Stable is like, ah, 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 ah. Like he had a hot hot potato, something like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, pity. Hot potato, man. Yeah, pity. Now, check this out. Stable finds some blue nylon and something like that in the laundry dryer. Oh, so. That that, that, that gap gives him evidence to go for a search warrant. Uh Uh-oh. Somebody in trouble. Yeah, pity. Now we're inside Ian's apartment, and Benson and Sable are there with the crime scene people, and um, they start looking to the walls, you know, that the that she's fresh. But Benson noticed something on the wall. It turns out I think one of the walls plastered, so and it's damp with. So they so they're gonna need to get some sort of open and stuff like that though. So we're shortly, you know, they're trying to break the wall and plaster the wall, stuff like that. And next thing you know, Ian and his father come in. And Ian's father was like, what the hell is going on around here? And next thing you know is that um, they did Benson tells them we got looking for some evidence, though, and all that stuff, though. However, though, Benson finds some blood and hair from inside the wall when it's being plastered. Oh, 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 oh shit. Yo, check this out. They arrest Ian for, for the murder of James Reed. And then um, and Ian's father, Roger, tells him, don't say anything. I'll get you a guy. I'm going to get a lawyer. And, you know, they take the Ian away. And then one of the strange people tells Mr. Tate to step back because she's about to take the picture. Now, we're in a courtroom right now. And Ian's being arrayed in court. And he got a lawyer with them. That's it's the name of, um, I think it was her name. It was like um, Michelle or something like that. So we have a who's that girl, a guest special guest star. So who is the... Who is the the who is the actress that's playing um Ian's attorney or something like that? Emma Michelle for the defense. How does your defendant plead? Not guilty. Your thoughts on bail, Miss Novak? The people request remand, Your Honor. Defendant committed murder. 
because of his hatred for homosexuals. We consider him a danger to the community. My client was defending himself after being sexually assaulted by the decedent. Your Honor, there was no evidence or report of assault. In fact, this is the first time anyone's mentioned it. And as the ABA for Special Victims, you should know that rape victims often delay reporting their attacks. The defendant's semen was found at the scene. If a woman has an orgasm when she's raped, does that mean she really wanted it? <laughs> that's beyond the scope of these proceedings. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that happens to be um, actress Daphne Suniga. And she played for four seasons playing Joe on the Fox primetime soap opera, Mo opera Morrow's Place. You know, the one that also starred Heather Locklear. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to bitch on that show. Oh, see, so, um, Penny, you watch Melrose Place, huh? Yeah, man, yeah, man. She played a bitch, man. I hate Heather Locklear, man. She the damn white devil. White devil. <laughs> yeah, Penny. Yeah, you know, Penny, you know, he's so excited right now. So she played, uh, she also played, uh, Joe on four seasons of Melrose Place, and Daphne also appeared in, um, I think it was One Tree Hill, and, uh, she, um, she had a role in the movie Spaceballs with, um, Rick Moranis and John Candy, and, yeah, that became a cult favorite and all that stuff, so, Spaceballs is like a spoof of Star Wars and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? Now, anyways, Ian is being arraigned in court, and he pleads not guilty, and next thing you notice that, um, he says that um, he, 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 you know, the Ian killed James because he is, comes because of his hatred for homosexuals. Now, Doctor Warren mentioned earlier is saying that my father, he probably hates himself because of his father is a homophobe. And uh, in other words, Ian, Ian is ashamed of being a sodomite, so he just killed him for because um some because he probably hated himself and all that stuff. I mean, whatever terms though. So, however, though, I mean, um, Novak also mentioned it about um, the uh, about the assault, but this is the first time she heard about it, though. And next thing you know is that um, Daphne Suniga or Miss Otherwise um, the shell, or uh, was Jacques called the shell, something like that, though? She going around saying that if a woman has an orgasm, and then it does it, uh, and then does it say to cry rape? Hmm. Now. However, the judge, you know, you don't want to, you know, get all that nonsense. And he decides that the, the defendant is being remanded. Next case. Boom, 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 boom. So, it goes to show you that maybe Ian is um is ashamed of his, his sexuality and that he killed James because of his hatred towards sodomites and stuff like that, though. I mean, it looks, it looks like it turns out that... Um, they say that Ian was... Uh, James was raping Ian and stuff like that, and then he fought back. Mm. Yeah, he killed him, bashed him, bashed his head in the skull, and all that stuff. Though, so we're at Doctor Branch's office, and Novak is talking to Branch about the case against Ian. And Branch mentioned something about the Michael, um, about the Michael Schultz case, and um, and all that stuff. Because um, and Doctor Branch also mentions about this thing called um, anxiety kind of thing, and um. Uh, you know, gay panic, if that's what it calls, though. I mean, that's some kind of new word or something like that, though. So, however, though, it's some gay, it's some gay panic, you know, something like that. So, sometimes the jury not gonna, he said the jury not gonna buy it, and then, and then he says that he suggested it'll be great down to manslaughter or whatever, all that stuff, though. So, we're at the diner right now, and um, Novak is talking to Mr. Stabler, 
and nobody and then they found out that like, Ian is a loner and he hasn't have any friends and uh except for um we're gonna say um we're gonna say James or something like that though. So and then he spent so much time talking to his father and stuff like that though. So he has no close friends and he's like a loner and all that stuff. I don't know what it is. So Munch comes in and they tell him he was late though. And Munch says, I have a reason. He he drops a file on a slams the file on the table and like he like, yeah, I'm mad. I'm pissed off as all this stuff though. And he tell he also tells him that um I was checking in at a hospital at uh, 11 o'clock before um, James' body was found, though. Oh, and it turns out that um, he got a contact from the 29th precinct. It's like a 61. And that James has probably been checked into the hospital because he was assaulted. So we at the hospital right now. And, um, and then the Benson Stabler is talking to this receptionist slash nurse. And she tells him that... Um, I has been in here since uh, 11 o'clock and, and he never left. And they ask him, uh, did he have time to step out like that? Though? And then the nurse tells him that welcome to Thursday night at the Gun and Fight Club Thursday night, though. And she also tells him that um, I stayed at the hospital overnight and he never left. She's, and she tells the detectives, you leave, you lose your spot. So... So, so anyways, the residents they were trying to figure out something about Ian because Ian checked into the hospital like last night at eleven o'clock and he stayed there all night and uh, and then he he was checking about like uh, eight ten in the morning and when the, and the police were all came in at the same time, but it turns out that James' body was found there um, at eight thirty in the morning. That's like ten minutes after they got the report about James being assaulted and stuff like that, though. So, they try to figure out how did them. Yeah, the stable was like, uh, his friends were like, how did them? Did he had to step out and kill the guy and come back though. But they realized they quickly realized that Ian's father is responsible. It was behind this. Oh, so they know they probably know that the father did it. So they need to bring the father in. We're at the crime lab right now, and Daniel Slanjada is there, and um. And, and, and then, you know, they, they shows him that he found a blood sample at the, the plaster wall, stuff like that, though. So he he found another blood sample inside the wall being plastered. He turns out and um, he found another blood sample after the patch was removed because the floor was plastered. And he found uh, he found some killer. He found the killer's blood, but it's not Ian's. And he also tells him, according to the Y, y chromosome, it's probably related. And Benson and Stabler realize it's got to be the father. So we're at Rikers Island right now, and Cap and um, Novak is there with uh, Ian and his um, and you know the, his lawyers. Um, I think his name is um, the show. So Novak tries to uh, Rod tells Rod tells um Ian to come clean, and um, they check this out though. She drops a bombshell, though. She, Novak tells him that his father caught you in bed with another man. And in other words, though, it, it, you know, his father attacked him for being a damn sodomite. And Ian doesn't believe it. He just stands up and stuff like that. So, and then, and then, and then the show was like, what the hell's going on? And Novak was like, 
if you want if you want me to drop the additional charges, I need the truth. And nobody realizes that um, his father attacked him and James because he because because yeah, it turns out that Roger calling in bed ha- ha- having sex. Oh, and you know the father just got real mad and stuff like that though. And um, however though, I mean Roger and then Ian comes clean saying that he was his father was protecting him and that he was himself and all that stuff. Next thing you know is that the best assailant come into um, Roger's office and they arrest him for the murder of mm, James. And then they took him out, they dragged him out of the office and the, and the secretary was like, just standing there like, what the hell is going on around here? Okay, so we're at Act 4 right now and Novak is coming into work in her bike and she got the helmet on and shit like that. I mean, that was before they had like the city bikes and all install. I mean, on the side installing the sidewalk. I mean, when we're random New Yorkers do it, they have to get like a bike and um, they have like a lit row of bikes and then they have to pick a take any bike they want and they have to pay for it, stuff like that. That was before, but this is 2003. I mean, Norwet comes in with her own bike, and next thing you know, we got this guy saying she rides her bike to work. That's um really environmentally conscious. And at that, that, that time, it turns out this is um Roger Tate's uh, lawyer, Dave Sieber, the defense attorney. Now, we have a, we have a, who's that guy? So who's that actor playing the Roger's lawyer? It's Novak, right? Uh, your office told me if you're riding up. Dave Sieber representing Roger Tate? I don't remember your name. State Senate elections. I didn't vote for him. I neither did most of New York, but that's okay. When Shrink says it's made me less self-destructive. A little advice, Dave. You want to court the conservative vote, be my guest. But I find another client. Roger Tate's no defender of family values. He's just a killer. He's defending his son from a rapist. Yeah, you know, that might have worked before Ian Tate said the sex was consensual. My client was mistaken, which under the law is still justifiable homicide. Yeah, yeah, that happens to be actor Michael Boltman and... He's he's playing. This is his first time playing a recurring role as uh, Dave, say Dave Seaver, defense attorney. Now you remember him on um, ABC sitcom Spin City, and he also played a sports agent in the HBO sitcom Arliss. And uh, he was doing both shows simultaneously, and then they were they were both canceled in two thousand two. And he was in the movie Hamburger Hill and all that stuff. So um. <clears throat> And so Michael Bowman, he he represents um he re- uh, Roger Tate and he represents um 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 Mike, the Roger Tate's lawyer Dave Seaver stuff like that, and he tell him that um he wasn't he got into politics he was running for senate and next thing he knows is that um he went to see a therapist and he gives her a paper saying that um that, that, that Roger Tate was doing was justifiable homicide. <laughs> So we're inside the judge's office. I mean, we're just, this is there's we got a different judge. So Seaver believes Roger saw what killed the guy because he saw a man raping his son. Uh, raping, oh my goodness! So it turns out that that um, Mr. Roger was defending himself. I mean, he killed he killed Ian's lover, Ian's lover, or stuff like that. So in another word, because he thought that it was raping his son. However, though, Novak mentioned something to say that sex was consensual, but I don't know what's going on around here, though. So, um, however, though, it turns out that Novak says that, that 
Miss Roger ex exploits bigotry against homosexuals. So, I mean, yeah, in other words, the daddy's a bigot. He hates sodomites. Bati boy, Bati boy. Yeah, Petty, yeah, right. Take it easy, Bati boy. I don't want to send you back to Jamaica, be departed to Jamaica, where you got to deal with um, Beanie Man and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, man. So, however, though, the, the judge says he's going to take this thing to trial. So, we're at trial right now, and Ian is on the stand about what happened, though. So, however, though, I mean, he says that, um, and you always do is he's, he's like defending his father, stuff like that, because he tells him that his father was protecting him and stuff like that, though, because he go around saying that, um, that, 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 um, Ian was raping him and my daddy was killing him, all that stuff, though. I mean, he's probably protecting his father. So, um, Mr. Siva comes up to him and he mentioned something about the thing in high school saying he had a girlfriend. And uh, Ian was like, Sandy? Yeah, Sandy? Sandy? It sounds like a character from Grease movie and stuff like that from the 1970s. Sandy? You're telling me about it, stand. Now, I'm going to go through a song doing like a good doing the Grease stand. Who the hell is Grease, man? Oh, that's an old 70s movie, um, Petty. You know, never was, though. So, you don't want to know what? You don't want to know what, though? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Anyway, I am going to say he blames himself because, um, yeah, yeah, for his sexuality because he don't want to see dad lock up and all that stuff, though. Now, and we, um, speaking to, um, Dr. Cahill, and, uh, she says that, that gays have psychological problems, they're showing depression, anxiety, and, they have they mentioned something about pedophilia and sodomite and all that stuff though. I mean, so and all the stuff you know. I mean, that's Doctor Deshaun. I mean, she finally supporting Mister J. I don't know what it is though. Then uh, Mister Roger comes in on a stand. He claims that he was protecting his son because he thought that this this James was ra James was raping his son and all that stuff though. So well, however though, I know back grills him saying. Yeah, about loving his son, and Roger like I love my son, and Norway was like was like how much you love him, and you just he's on trial right now, he's taking the fall for you and all that stuff though, and I and then Roger claims that he was protecting his son because it is a moral thing, and then Norway was like let me ask you again how much you love him, he don't even say anything though. So we're back at the squad right now, and Novak just come, came from court, and she tells him that the jurors 8 to 10 believe him, so stuff like that, though. So all she did was, I mean, she was just doing her job or whatever, and then she feels bad about them, about Ian and all this stuff. So however, though, they want to look into uh, um, Ian's girlfriend or whatever, because, I mean, she probably knew, and then, so David Craig wants to find out about this um this girlfriend named Sandy, something like that though. So we're at uh, Sandy's apartment and she lives there with her mother. And Sandy tells him that he hasn't seen Ian for the past couple of years. And they he tells him that we we were we never have they never have a relationship. They were just good friends and all that stuff. But she knew that um she knew that Ian was gay all along. And um and he 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 didn't he didn't tell nobody else and all that stuff. I mean, cause um he know his father will kill him and all that stuff though. So next thing you know is that the Sandy mother comes in, tells him that 
she told she told Ian's father and all that stuff, and then and um and and she told Ian's father about his sexuality, telling him your son is depressed. He I think he's gay too. And Rogers was like, "But oh, thank you." And he tells her never to call and talk to him again. <laughs> now this uh, Sandy's mother, she looked like. She looked kind of familiar. I mean, she she played uh, some kind of like a maid back in season four SVU. I don't even know. It's like it's like fake Angela Lansbury and stuff like that. I don't know what it is though. <laughs> so anyway, um, Ian's friend uh, Sandy, she probably knew that he was gay, and then she um, they were good friends, and then she was protecting him from the bullies and stuff like that. Though I mean, she probably knew. I mean. That was probably like back in the late nineties where they were attending high school and all that stuff, though. So we're back at Ibrakers right now. No, 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 no. We're at um, Novak's office right now, and Miss um, Magic Tate comes in with Mister um, Seaver, not Leave It to Beaver Seaver, something like that, though. And Ian is there with Novak, and he was like, "Dad, what you doing here, though?" So Novak offers Roger Tate like a deal. He has to start twenty in life. And um, and she also tells him that she has a rebuttal witness, is um Sarah's mother, I think it was Lynn, Laura Klein, and he didn't realize he 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 realized what his father did to him. I mean, and then he confronts him because he realizes that his father knew that he was a damn sodomite, and then he got in his face and stuff like that. Though, yeah, he he confronted his father and stuff like that, knowing he, that he is gay, and he was like, "Why do you do this, man?" and Dad, I want to take care of my life. I want to do this and that, whatever. I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness! So he decides to walk away, walk out of the office, walk away from his dad because, yeah, he and it turns out that uh, his father outed him and all that stuff, and then shoot, he was upset. So anyway, Roger and Tate, you know, he killed, he 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 killed uh, Ian's lover because he thought he was raping him. I mean, justifiable homicide. I mean, he's. <laughs> He just said justice in his own hands, so I don't know what it is. We're outside the courthouse right now, and Novak is talking to Ian, and um, and Ian says that James and James, he said that him and James knew that they, they came from a dark place and they understood each other and all that stuff. So Novak says that she understands stuff like that, and she was just doing her job. And Ian knows that the world is different right now, it's like this. So. And Novak tells him that she was doing his job and she said she's sorry. Ian was like, but I'm not. He just walks away for Novak. Yeah, Novak just sitting there, you know, staring, smiling, and then Beta Black and the episode. So it turns out that um yeah, that that the that the the the, the, the father the crazy father killed um his son's lover because um because he, he was ashamed of his son for being he ashamed of his son of being because of his sexuality. Bati boy, bati boy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't know if father doesn't accept the, him, his, his son being a sodomite or whatever. So, I mean, it's fast morals and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that was another action pack all star episode. You know, we got the we got the guy for the the guy from the Goldbergs. We got the the other actress from Melrose Place. I'm not talking about Josie Bissett. I mean, I speaking about Josie Bissett though. I mean, 
Yeah, Josie he said was on um, on last week's episode of my podcast. So so we got Daphne Saniga though though she's like the second um, actress from Melrose Place to make a guest appearance on SVU. So 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 we had like back two back to back episodes of these chicks from Melrose Place, and then we got this dude from Arliss. He was there. He's he started playing a recurring role as um, Dave Seaver and all that stuff. So so you're gonna see more of him in the future episodes. Now, we almost near the 100th episode, and I'm going to make an announcement, though. I don't know. I'm not going to say what it is, though, but I'm going to bring it out to you next week. Now, I'm just going to get ready. I'm going to get myself ready for the Passover. So, I'm going to throw out the, the some, you know, the bread, regular bread with yeast, and then uh, and I got to stop eating ketchup and mayonnaise and... Um, vinegar and some cookies cakes you know for a whole week because i get ready for passover and you know that means passover slash feast of unleavened bread and that's in the that's that's in the bible so i'm gonna go in for a whole week though though i'm gonna eat like um a drink eat uh, any food that doesn't have yeast in it like salad and i can make my own unleavened bread you know like um I I just make unleavened bread with some water, 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 and um, unleavened bread. Make it look like a pancake. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like no yeast in it though. I mean, I don't want to blow up like a balloon or stuff like that. So, but it's just a traditional thing. So, I do this little one week diet though. I will check it out now. I'm gonna say, what do you think about this episode? Leave your comments and likes on that though. So, next week will be my 100th episode and I'm going to be making a huge announcement and I'm going to do something on a podcast like I never did before though. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to let you wait till next week. All right. Now I want you to thank y'all for listening in and Twisted is produced by me, written by me and directed by myself only. I'm like a one man show. I wish I had I wish I had another co-host with me so we could talk about SVU stuff, man. So anyway, you did this has been twisted a, a Law and Order SVU podcast. And you can hear us every Monday on Spotify when available. And you can find us on Spotify for Podcasters, which is a formerly Anchor FM. That's a new one. And you can find us on Spotify and WordPress slash Jetpack. I mean, if you go to WordPress and Jetpack, I mean, like and subscribe and leave your comments on what the episode. I mean, I will lightly, gladly hear from you, all right? So thank you all for listening in. And uh, this is BD Rose. And I want to thank my uh, uh, co-host, um, Lenny Penny <laughs> um, Marley over here. I was going to say Penny Hardaway, but anyway, anyway. Anyway, so thank you for listening. And I'll be back next week in a new episode. So have a blessed week. Thank you.